This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Go ahead, smile at somebody. You can have a seat this morning. So glad that, again, that you're here with us at all of our campuses. I'm excited that I get to um, talk to you. I'm believing, man, that that God has something great for us. Uh, You know, when I was thinking about this message and what I was going to be sharing, I just thinking about the world that we live in and just as people, you know, every person who walked into this place today, you're all experiencing different things going on in your world. You know, we have craziness going on in our big world, you know, nations and, you know, all of that, just, just a lot of pressure and anxieties and stresses in our world as a whole. And then you, you know, you can start breaking that down, you know, into our nation, the United States of America. There's stresses and pressures and diversities and opposition and, and a lot of struggle that's going on in that world. And then you can break it down into your family. You know, in your personal family, you have struggles and issues and things going on there that aren't always the easiest to have to deal with every day. And then we can break it down even further to you as an advent, individual that you're dealing with your own stresses and your own concerns and your own pressures, maybe that no one else even knows about, but it's big to you. It's something that weighs on you. It's something that, that you feel like, man, it at times can be so overwhelming that you just don't know if you can handle it anymore, or if you can even do it anymore. I know there's so many times that I talk to different people and in, in, in their conversation, it's like they just end up at the end saying, it's just hard. It's just really hard. It's just really hard. I just don't know that I can do this anymore because it's so hard. I don't know if you've ever seen that shirt says, I don't want to adult today. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to have to push through this anymore. I don't want to have to face this anymore. I don't want to have to go through this anymore. And my desire is when we leave this place, my hope and my desire, my prayer, what I'm really believing is that we'll get our push back. I think the enemy has been harassing us. And I think he's been seducing us into thinking this is just the way that life has to be. And so we tend just to back up. We just can tend just to roll over, turn around, just let things happen, not realizing that we really do have an ability to push back. We do have an ability to stand and change the circumstance in the situation around us. You know, Jesus, in the the book of uh, Mark, I believe, tells a story about how Jesus was with his disciples Many miracles were happening. He was every day he would, he would teach people either in the synagogue or, or they would come to him, you know, on the beach or in the mountains or wherever he was. And, and he would share life to them and he would share the kingdom to them. Many times he would heal them. He would feed them. He was just constantly uh, meeting their needs. And so the disciples were with him. His followers were with him and, and they were just living life as normal for them that day. They get to the end of the evening and they're on the end, they're on the edge of the sea and Jesus decides he wants to cross the sea and go to the other city across the, across the sea. And he says, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. And so they all get in the boat and set sail for the other side. It was normal. They've done it many times. I'm sure the disciples were sitting in the boat, just talking about, you know, conversations they had on the shore, maybe just dis- discussing, you know, what Jesus had taught. 
Maybe they were talking about, you know, something crazy that happened and laughing about that or something funny that happened. Maybe they were talking about how they couldn't wait to get to the other side of the sea because, you know, they have good food on that side and better restaurants on that side. And they were so excited to get there. Jesus was tired. He went down to the bottom of the boat. But somewhere in in between leaving the shore and reaching their final destination, the Bible says that it started raining. I'm sure at first there were just a few drops here and there. It seemed like no big deal. Then the Bible said something catastrophic or huge happened. It says that a huge wind storm arose. In fact, they said it was of hurricane proportions. We know what hurricane damage does because we've seen it on the news the last few weeks. How those winds can just tear up a city, tear up a, a, a town, can demolish things, destroy things, and, and how there's panic and, and there's fear and there's, uh, there's people running for cover and, and, and stressing out during those times. Well, the storm was arising. It was getting bigger and bigger. The disciples started panicking. If you read the story, the disciples actually started panicking. They started freaking out a little bit. They started talking to each other. I think we're going to die out here. This is bigger than I've ever been. Man, they started freaking out. They started getting loud and, and wailing and crying. And I think they were hoping that, that their tears or their, their crying or their complaining, the, what would, the chaos would wake Jesus up, but it didn't. So they're crying to each other and complaining to each other. I think sometimes that's what happens to us. We're just about our own day, doing our own thing, living life as usual. We may be even serving on the dream team, coming to church on a regular basis. Man, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're following God's plan for our life, but yet opposition comes, trouble comes, stress comes, and it's huge. It seems like hurricane proportions, like there's a lot of damage going to happen here. And so we start crying, we start complaining, we start opening our mouth and we're talking to our friends and don't know, man, are we going to die in this? And we, instead of looking like we are going to survive this thing, we start talking about how this is going to kill us and take us out. And there's no hope in this, hoping that somehow Jesus is going to finally show up on our scene and take care of the problem. Well, finally, at one point they decide, man, it got too bad for them. They went down to the bottom of the boat and they said, Hey Jesus, you going to leave us up here to die because it's pretty rainy out here. I mean, we're getting ready to die. The water's coming in the boat. You better come out here and do something. Bible says Jesus got up. I'm sure he's like, like trying to wipe anybody wake up from a hard nap. And you're like, wait, where am I? What are we doing right now? You know, I'm sure Jesus got up and he's like, what is up you guys? And walked up saw what was going on. He said, he spoke to the winds he spoke to the waves and they went silent. You would think that maybe he'd then look at the disciples and go, man, thank you for waking me up. We could have drowned out here. You in just the right time, you woke me up. Any later, we would have been out of here. Thank you. Thank you. He didn't thank them. The Bible says in in Mark chapter four, verse number 40, he said, why were you freaking out? That's my translation. It says, why are you afraid? It says, where's your faith? What Jesus was saying is, why did you bother me with this? Why didn't you take care of it? And I think so much in our lives, we're crying and wailing. We don't think we have any authority or any, any ability to stand up and to do anything about our situation. And I believe Jesus today is telling us that we need to get our push back, stand up and push against what's been pushing us in the middle of our storm. Think about in the middle of your storm, because we're all facing something. In the middle of our opposition, what are we doing? 
Are we, do we find ourselves complaining? Do we find ourselves just tolerating, compromising, just saying, okay, this is just how it's going to be. Or do we really know who we are and push back in John chapter 16, verse number 33, Jesus is again talking with his followers and he's getting ready to leave them and go to the cross. And he's telling them all the things that are about ready to happen and about ready to come. And they were kind of freaking out again kind of stressed out again. The pressure was on them again because they just didn't know quite how it was all going to play out really. So he tells them, he says, I tell you these things so that by trusting me, you will be unshakable, assured, deeply at peace. I love this because he gives us a key on how to stay calm in our storm. He says, by trusting me, By trusting me, you'll be unshakable, assured, deeply at peace. He says, in this godless world, you're going to continue to experience difficulties, but take heart because I have conquered the world. Because he conquered then, we can conquer. I know other versions, other translations says uh, to cheer up. I think a lot of times in opposition, we do not have a desire to cheer up. Don't you, I mean, does it irritate you at all when you're walking? This is kind of irritating to me. I'll let you know one of my little irritations and it's a flesh irritation and I'm probably wrong. When you're walking and you're thinking and sometimes you can have a frown on your face, right? Sometimes when I think, I think my face goes more to a frown because I'm thinking. And then somebody looks at me and said, Hey, you should smile a little bit. I'm like smile a little, come here. I'll show you a smile. Like, dude. Do you smile 24 hours a day? I'm happy on the insides, just thinking on the outside. I have some things to think about. Do you have things? Okay, that's my flesh pet peeve. I'm sorry. Went on a whole nother train. <laughs> but he says to cheer up. But a lot of times in the opposition, we really just want to give up. I don't want to be happy. What do you mean be happy in the middle of this? I can't be happy in the middle of this. Jesus says we can because he has conquered. He's victorious. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It goes on to say in verse number 35, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble or distress or persecution or hunger or nakedness or danger or violent death, can that separate us from his love? Then verse 37 says, the one who loves us. Remember, nothing can separate us from his love. The one who loves us gives us an overwhelming victory in all of these situations or difficulties. I like this in another version. It says in all these things, we're super conquerors through the one who loved us. We are super conquerors. You know what I love about this? The enemy always wants us. Satan always wants us to live with a victim mentality because if we live with a victim mentality, we'll constantly be looking for the wrong or the abuse or the negative situation. But if we can ever realize that because Jesus conquered, we can conquer, we're super conquerors, then we'll walk into situations expecting different results. I'm not going to walk into a a situation expecting to fail. I'm going to walk into a situation expecting to succeed. Why? Because I'm now a super conqueror. I'm not a victim. I'm not a, I'm not a survivor. I'm not an abuse survivor. I'm an abuse super conqueror. Why? Through Jesus Christ. 
I'm not just a cancer survivor. I am a cancer super conqueror. I'm just not a disease survivor. I'm a disease super conqueror. You are a super conqueror because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the life of Christ. Because he conquered, we can conquer. And that's a powerful thing right there. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 14, this is why we can conquer. This is where he conquered. It says he canceled the record of the charges against us. Meaning all of us, even on our best days, are sucky right? We all did bad things. We all deserve punishment for what we did wrong. But it says he canceled the record of the charges that were against us. He took it away and he nailed it to the cross in this way, or by doing this, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, meaning he took all the power of Satan away. It says he shamed them publicly by his victory over them in the cross. So not only did he take the power away, he did it in a public way. Meaning he didn't go and strip the devil in the corner so nobody could see. He took it to the devil, took all the power, took all the authority away from Satan in public. So all heaven, all hell knows that Jesus is the conqueror. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is the authority. So now his victory is my victory. His authority is my authority. Because he goes on to say in Luke, he says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among, among snakes, scorpions, crush them. Nothing will injure you. I love that because of his authority, I have authority. Because he conquered, I conquered. Because he has victory, I have victory. You know, when I was in uh, junior high school, I went to a bilingual school. They spoke Spanish half the time and English half the time. Sad to say, I only know bad words. (laughs) Those are the words. That's the half of the, (laughs) that's what I learned. But I also learned my chola skills because yeah, I can take you. Yeah. Okay. Don't, please don't try me in that or anything. They used to call me a wannabe. For those of you who are truly cholas, you know what that means and you know that, yeah. But this is the powerful thing because although, you know, I think I'm all bad and all that. Somebody asked me one time, did you ever have to fight? Like, no, I didn't have to fight. And this was the great thing. I was not like a real chola. I just had relationship with the real cholas for some reason. The two biggest, baddest cholas in junior high somehow liked me. And for some reason, one day they were sitting behind me in the cafeteria, like at, uh, at something. And they said, hey, and we got in this conversation and they said, anybody messes with you? We got your back. That was freedom for me because I didn't even have to get my fingernails bloody. I didn't have to, cause they draw blood and pull hair nasty. All right. I, I didn't have to do any of that. I could walk around confidently walking where I want, doing what I want, not because of who I am, but because of the girls that I had relationship with had nothing to do with me, had everything to do with my relationship with them. That's the same way that we walk with Christ. 
I didn't have to do the fighting of the devil. I didn't have to do the, the deep down dirty work. Jesus did it for me. And because I have relationship with him, when I walk into a room, the enemy flees because the enemy doesn't want to mess with him again. So I walk in authority. You walk in authority because of our relationship with Christ. It goes on to say in verse John 4, 4, it says, you belong to God and you have defeated them because God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil that's in this world. For some reason, we think that God is small and the devil is big. Or we think that they're kind of, you know, in comparison to each other, they're pretty equal. That is so not true. The enemy has deceived us into thinking that he's so much bigger than what he is. And has so much power than what he has. Because because of Christ, remember, he has absolutely none. When I was a, a little girl... We got this little dog, and it was part terrier, part chihuahua. So it was a little guy, like from the top of the table. He was like just a little guy. And we named him Moses, and Moses was a great dog, and, and he was awesome. But we had neighbors. Our neighbors, they had a collie and a German shepherd. One day, their dog had puppies, and we begged our parents, my brother and I, can we have a puppy? Can I have a puppy? They said, sure, you can have a puppy. So we went and got this collie German shepherd puppy. That puppy, we got, when we got him, was only eight weeks old. Tiny little thing. Could run underneath our little terrier, back and forth, back and forth. Man, at that little young age, our terrier, you know, he thought he was a big bad dude, big guy in a little teeny body. And, you know, that little puppy would get so close to him, and that, that dog would growl, and the puppy would go running. Well, eventually, that collie German shepherd outgrew that little chihuahua. That that collie German Shepherd got big, probably 20 times the size of that little tiny terrier dog. But still, when they'd go to eat, all it took was one little growl from the little tiny dog, and it would send that big, huge dog running. That dog didn't know the power that it truly had. It saw that, it, it still saw himself as this weak little thing. See, that's, we give the enemy so much credit in our lives. We see ourselves as poor and a failure and insignificant and unworthy and unrighteous and I have to work for it and I'm insignificant and I have no power. And we see, think the enemy is so big and so powerful and that is not true. God in you is so much greater than any opposition that comes at you. The Bible talks about one day we'll get to heaven and we'll see Satan, a, a glimpse of him, we'll say, that's what I've been running from, that's what I've been afraid of because he's nothing compared to the God that's in you. That's why the Bible says, James chapter four, verse number seven, says, obey God, submit to God. What does that mean to obey God? It just simply means, God, I'm gonna quit doing things my way and I'm gonna start doing things your way. I'm gonna submit my will to your will, your, my purpose for your purpose. I believe that you're wiser than me, you're smarter than me. Whatever this word says, whatever your will is, that's what I'm gonna do. If you say to love my enemy, I'm gonna love my enemy. If you say honor my spouse, I'm gonna honor my spouse. If you say to forgive, I'm gonna forgive. If you say not to lie, I'm not gonna lie. If you say I should gather together and uh, we should gather together and, and serve Jesus together, that's what I'm going to do. If it says to tithe, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to submit to God. The Bible says if we submit to God, then we have an ability, because of my relationship with God, I now have an ability 
to resist the devil. Push back. I have an ability to resist the devil. And then the Bible says he will run from me. He shall flee from me. He shall run for me if I push back. Have you ever, uh, when I was thinking about this word resist, because resist is an action word. You, if you're going to resist something, it's an action to it. Have you ever seen somebody on uh, you know, a cop show or whatever and that you see them, or maybe this has been you, <laughs> forgot where I was speaking at, <laughs> where they get, uh, the police officer comes to, to take you into custody and the person resists arrest. What does it mean? They use whatever method necessary to keep from being detained. You might better understand this as putting a shoe on a one-year-old. Have anybody ever put a, tried to put a shoe on a one-year-old? Somehow you try to get that shoe on and they curl their toes. And they, by the time you're done, you're like, forget shoes. Who needs shoes today? That's why half of our kids in the classroom right now had no shoes today. They resisted. They resist. They do whatever's necessary. They don't just comply. They push back. Bible says in first Peter chapter five, it says, be alert, be of sober mind because your enemy, the devil prowls about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, first of all, I, I like this because it says he's looking for someone to devour, which means not every person is he able to devour. Not every person can he devour. He's lo- Otherwise, he'd just be eating people. He says, I'm looking for something to, someone to devour. He says, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says to resist him. This is what makes you undevourable. You resist him. You resist him standing firm in the faith or standing firm in your confidence of the word of God. Satan hates the taste of this. That's why the more this you get in, have you ever seen, my my dog eats weird things, like used to pick up everything. One time it went over and it sniffed a a stink bug and then he picked it up, put it in his mouth, kind of bit on it a little bit, spit it out and you could tell it was like gagging. It was undevourable to him. It tasted nasty. The more word you have in your life, when the enemy comes to try to devour you, doesn't like the taste of the word. If he starts coming down on you and you start resisting and you taste like the word of the God, spit you right out and go find someone else who has nothing in them. You want to be undevourable? Get this on the inside of you. So it says to resist, take a stand against, resist him. Luke chapter 18. Two areas that we need to resist when it comes to Satan. When the Bible talks about resisting, you know, all of us at times will find opportunity just to kind of... Resisting takes effort. You know, it takes effort. I mean, there's times, you know, like when I was a kid and my brother wanted to wrestle and I didn't feel like fighting. It's like, I don't feel like that right now. Why? Because it took effort. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to wrestle you. I loved it when I was bigger than him. And then he outgrew me. And then it's like not fun anymore. Too much effort there. Because it takes effort to fight back. That's why a lot of times when you wake up in the morning, like we all can, 
And we just wake up and there's just that overwhelming feeling that Satan tries to put on us of, man, you're just depressed today. Things aren't going to go right today. You just feel blah today. That instead of standing up and resisting and pushing back and low, not me today, we just kind of go, yeah, this bed feels good. Nobody cares if I get up anyways. And we kind of pull the covers over and we just lay in that mess. When the Bible says here, man, you have a right when this opposition comes at you to stand up and to push back. So the first thing we need to resist is we need to resist Satan when it comes to taking things that belong to us. We need to resist him taking what belongs to us. You know, Luke 8, 17, it talks about us, how we can learn so much from the kingdom of God by watching a child. And, you know, I used to learn a lot from my kids. Now they're grown and they try to te- still teach me stuff. But I love my, my, my grandkids. I learned so much from them. One thing I've learned from my grandkids is, and from kids in general is they have a that's mine attitude, right? It doesn't take them that long. When they can first talk, you try to take some mine, 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 mine. And they hold on. Why? That's mine. You gave it to them. It's, it's in their possession. It's mine. They have a that's mine attitude. When we were um, camping or hunting one time, my grandson, he's seven now. He was two then. And he had a huge vocabulary. He just didn't talk very plain. And so one time I gave him his own rifle. It was a Nerf gun. And he was so excited about his done. He said it like D-U-N, done, my done. And he was so excited about his done and he would play with it and shoot it and run around with it. And then there were times when he'd lay it down and another kid would come by and pick it up. Well, as soon as he saw someone else pick that up, he did whatever it took to regain possession of it with whatever force necessary. He'd walk up. It didn't matter if the kid was little or the kid was big. He'd walk up and say, he'd either grab it from him. If they wouldn't release it, he'd say, Dimmy, my done. Dimmy, that, that my done. Dimmy, my done. And he'd yell and get louder. And if they still wouldn't give it to him, he might start yelling for me, row, row. Because he knew his row, row gave him that gun. And that was his gun. And if someone else tried to take it, no way. That's mine. I'm keeping it. It belongs to me. So much of the time, we're so freely give away our health, give away our prosperity, give away our kids, give away our marriage. Because the enemy sneaks in and just tries to take it. Oh, you want to take my health today? I got a headache today. Okay, okay, you can have it. I'll just stay in bed. It's okay. Instead of standing and fighting, instead of standing and say, that's mine, give it back. Those kids, they're mine. Give them back. That marriage, it's mine. Give it back. God gave that to me. It belongs to me. And I'm not letting you take anything that belongs to me. And I'm not leaving until I get it back. I know there were times in my life when the enemy was messing with my kids, just messing with them where it's like, man, I didn't raise you guys this way. You're talking crazy. You're acting crazy. You're pushing against things that aren't God like this. Isn't you. I didn't just go and lay on my bed and say, well, this is the way teenagers are. I'm just going to have to let them get through this cycle. And eventually they'll grow up and eventually maybe they'll appreciate me. I just hope they don't get into too much trouble. I didn't just roll over and passively let the enemy steal my kids. No way. 
I stood strong and I told God and I told Satan, all I told anybody that would listen, uh, uh-uh, uh, those are my kids and all my children shall be taught by the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. You give it back. That's not yours. Those kids are mine. I say the same thing about this city. The enemy's trying to take this city through racial divide, through, through social status conflict, through all kinds of things. And I stand and say, nah, no way. Heaven and hell. God has given me the keys, given us the keys to this city. And as believers in Christ Jesus, we can stand and say, uh-uh, devil, you're not taking my kid's school. Uh-uh, devil, you're not taking my marriage. Uh-uh, you're not taking my family, my finances. You got to stand and fight. You can stand and resist. You can stand and fight. You know, when we first got married, we, we were at part of a business. Randy started a business and the business was going great. We were tithers. We were givers, heavily involved in church and God's work, God's kingdom. And opposition came because of just different decisions and things that happened, which were really beyond our control at the time. We had to go bankrupt in our business. So in the middle of the night, I can remember laying there in bed, hearing the car, the big van, the, the tow truck coming and the clanging of the, the, all the, the, uh, the chains as it was hooking up my car to be repossessed, to taken back to the, to the dealer because I couldn't pay for it. It would have been easy for me to lay in that bed and cry, God, why me? Why? This is so hard. God, why is this so hard? I could just rolled over and let the enemy take all my stuff. Or I could stand with what I know to be true and say, it doesn't matter what they take from me. This is what I know to be true. God says he is my provider as a tither. God promised the windows of heaven, greater ability, greater abundance, greater increase will come to my life. I'm not just going to lay down and let the enemy take everything from me. I'm going to push back. And I challenge you this morning, push back. Though they may be firing people from the job, from their job, maybe it is you. That's no reason to go and cry and to roll up in a ball and to be depressed and your family hate you and you to have no fun in life. That's when you stand up and say, it doesn't matter. God is for me. God has bigger for me. God has better for me. I'm getting ready to step into something new, something bigger, something greater. You know, people have asked me, what would you do if your kids were still, after all that time, still weren't serving God? I mean, your kids are lovers of Jesus. What if they weren't? I would still be standing, declaring the same thing out of my mouth. All my children shall be taught by the Lord. I would be still be standing there until what belonged to me was given back. We give up way too easy. We need to get our push back, get our push back. Another thing that we need to keep, we need to resist uh, the enemy. We need to resist him taking things that belong to us, but we also need to resist him giving things to us that we don't want. Another story about my grandson. <laughs> He's full of stories and fun. He's awesome. You should know him. Makes your life better. When he was two, we went, or three, we went trick-or-treating and he does not like chocolate at all. He's like his pops. 
My husband does not like chocolate. I think it's weird. I think it's kind of a dysfunction. I think it's something mentally that happened at birth. I don't know. But he doesn't like chocolate, never liked chocolate, and I love chocolate. And so Elam would go to the door, and we'd be trick-or-treating. He'd say, trick-or-treat. They'd give him the candy. But when they'd put it in his bag, he would open the bag, and he would look to see what they gave him. If they gave him anything chocolate, he'd hand it back to them and say, I don't want it. I don't want it. And they'd look at him like, weird kid. <laughs> and so they, they, they'd take it back from him, and he'd, they'd put something else, and he'd look, and he'd say, I don't want it. We said, Elam, you can give it to somebody else. Like, Roro will eat it. <laughs> like, take it. He didn't want that in there contaminating the rest of his candy. He didn't like chocolate, and he didn't want chocolate. I think sometimes in our life, we grow and we get so correct in all of our ways, don't want to offend and don't want to, you know, we almost get that with the enemy. We don't want to offend him. But it's time we stand and say, depression, I don't want that. Addiction, I don't want that. Poverty, I don't want that. Anxiety, not having that today. Come on, just for a little bit. Just keep it for a little bit. Keep it for a little bit and everybody will leave you alone for just a little bit. I don't want that. It's time that we resist the enemy taking things that belong to us. And that we resist him giving us things that we don't want. I don't mean to be rude. I just don't want that. You can even do this with people. I give you permission. I don't mean to be rude. But I just don't need your negativity going into my life right now. I don't mean to be rude. I just don't need your... Your fears coming into me right now. I don't mean to be rude, but I don't need that. I don't want that. And you have the right because of the blood of Jesus Christ to be able to say that. So wherever we find ourselves today, we need to submit to God. God, whatever your will, whatever your purpose is, I want that. And because of my relationship with him now, I can resist the enemy and he's got to flee because he don't want nothing to do with God. God's already tore him up. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes at all of our campuses. You know, maybe you hear this morning today and you don't have a relationship with God. You've never surrendered your life to him. In fact, you're just living your life on your own authority, your own ability, and it's just not working for you. You find yourself just being beat up in life, stressed out, anxious, nothing's going right, frustrated, relationships are broken, everything's messed up. You weren't created to do life without God. God makes your life so much better. God opens, man, his favor and his goodness and he gets involved in your stuff. And although you might still experience struggles because we all do, you're just not dealing with them alone. You got help. You got backup. So if you've never received Christ and you want to give your life to him, open your heart to him, submit to him so you can now start resisting any other opposition in your life. I'm going to give you the ability to pray this prayer with me at all of our campuses. You know, this is a prayer I pray often, probably, you know, at least a couple times a day because my flesh always wants to take the easy way. My flesh, I always want to do the easy thing. I don't always want to stand and fight. I don't always want to do what's right. So I'm constantly saying, God, I submit to you, your will. Yes, I will love like you. Yes, I will forgive like you. Yes, I will do what you want me to do, God. Because it makes my life so much better. 
So this morning, if you want to pray this prayer and just submit yourself to God, open your heart to them, him, have him come in and change everything about your life. Let's just all pray this prayer together at all of our campuses. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe in my heart. Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he was raised from the dead for me to make me right. I call on his name today. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth, Jesus as my Lord. God, I submit to you, your way, your will in Jesus' name. You know, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are still closed, I just want to pray a prayer for you. Because I know in this place, and even in my life, man, even studying for this, I realize there's place, there's things, man, that I just, I've just allowed the enemy to take from me just because I just didn't want to fight for it. I didn't want to stand for it. I didn't feel like it affected my life that much, but it does. There are things that I've just tolerated in my life not feeling well, my life hasn't been horrible, but it hasn't been the awesome life that God's wanted it to be either. So I've had to say, God, I, I repent for that. I'm going to stand for everything that you've given me. Now I'm going to resist the enemy. So Father, today, God, in this room, Fresno and Madeira, God, I believe that you're doing a mighty thing in our hearts. God, as we're making decisions today to submit to you, to in those areas of our life where we've kind of been doing it just our own way, God, we release that to you, your way, your way alone. And God, I believe that all of us have been seen areas in our life where we've just let the enemy steal from us for whatever reason. God, today that changes. We stand, we push back by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, the greater one on the inside of us. God, those things that we've just taken because the enemy's given them to us, we felt like we had to. This is just the way it has to be. God, we throw those things back. God, we want nothing that does not come from you. God, we don't want anything unless it's good and it's perfect because that's the thing that comes from you. God, I believe that you've changed our life and continue to change our life. Believe that we walk out of this place greater, families restored, health coming to bodies, prosperity increase, breakthrough. God, where we've been up against a wall, God, the ceiling removed. God, that there's true transformation today. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.